Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Ironically, this episode is not really standalone because almost every conversation that I have the opportunity to have with fellow leaders, entrepreneurs, and business owners about their teams and scaling their business always comes back to difficult conversations with team members um, and just having difficult conversations in general in life Um, and how learning this lesson that we're going to talk about today can be one of those lessons that helps you in every different area of relationships in your life, not just with your employees. So That being said, having difficult conversations with your team and being a leader when you're showing up to difficult conversations is totally different than the way that you may approach those conversations with your family or with your kids or with your partner um, or even with business partners or even contractors. Um, We step into different types of leadership when we're thinking about having these conversations and when our gut or our instincts are telling us that they need to happen. And so basically, I just wanted to set up a really solid foundation in case you have to have a really tough conversation like tomorrow. And odds are you probably do, especially if you already have team members or if you're thinking about moving into a different way of running your business and being able to change the trajectory in which you're already leading your your people, leading your team, or even if you are a manager of other people, being able to take action regarding things that are coming up that may feel like you're ignoring them because the path of least resistance is always going to be the one that's more comfortable. When it comes to being a leader and having a team, having the ability to thoughtfully and quickly have difficult conversations with your team members is going to be the highest yielding impact of any action that you take in your business. So now we work with a lot of businesses that are small businesses in person or online remote teams or even some businesses that have a mix of both. Um, Some of our employees are remote, some are in person, or even there are opportunities when our team is remote often, but then we do have retreats or team events or things like that that are in person. Um, And if you're a manager or an HR individual, then you probably have to have conversations that aren't always with people that are necessarily below you on the hierarchy. So you might have to have leadership conversations with your boss or your or someone that you really respect, a mentor or an educator or even a coach if you're not getting what you need from a coach or a service provider. Uh, those difficult, The skill that you can build in leading yourself is a, really a key to making sure that you can lead other people. So the first thing that you want to do when you are starting to 
realize that a difficult conversation needs to be initiated is to make sure that you're identifying what type of leader you have to show up as. So there are a few different ways that we show up as leaders in our life, hopefully. Um, First and foremost, we want to be leading ourselves, which means that that is the leadership mentality that we're walking into or we're stepping into when we are leading our family, when we're having conversations with our partner, when we're having difficult conversations with our friends, when we're um, talking to our in-laws, um, when we're navigating difficult social situations. And I will leave that type of leadership and that type of communication to the experts. But there are many times in business when we have to pull on that thread of leading ourselves in order to get to the space where we can step into the other versions of ourselves as leaders. So with that skill of being able to identify this is a moment when I need to step into this leadership um, category, uh, that is when you start to become a really kick-ass manager. And whether it's managing a person that is lower than you on the hierarchy or above you on the hierarchy, there's going to be a different type of leadership that you're going to step into. Um, So today we're primarily going to focus on making sure that we can have those conversations as leaders with our employees or with our team members. You're going again to be able to pull on this on these on this advice and this thread in different areas of your life too. Um, But Every conversation I've had with all of our future podcast guests has always come back to this. So I think this is a really important time to make sure that we're setting the foundation of what it means to have a difficult conversation in the first place so that you can learn from our peers and our other podcast guests and from um, the, our coaches in a different way or our mentors or even from our team. You know, some of the most impactful feedback that we get is from the people that we're managing. And that doesn't, you know, maybe we'll talk about that another time. That doesn't necessarily mean we're always going to take everything as face value. That can be a really harmful way to learn to manage, especially if things feel really personal. Um, But in this case, we want to make sure that we're always staying clear and true to ourselves when we're showing up as leaders with our team. So essentially, any tough conversation that you want to have is always going to be first driven by the question of what is the solution that is most in line with my values and ethics? Meaning that when you have a difficult conversation with someone, when you're initiating that conversation, we should go into it with a solution in mind. And there are a couple of resources that we've created for our peers, our clients, even my my subordinates, my managers that I manage, um, that can help you to make sure that you are driving the conversa- conversation in that direction. Um, so just keep in mind that there are so many different types of difficult conversations you can have, but they should always start with the end in mind. And there's a couple of little tips that I just want to drop in here to make sure that you are setting yourself up as a manager that can be trusted. Now, the number one piece of advice that I give to people when they are first becoming a manager is whatever type of manager or leader you are, be consistent. Always be that person. What that does is it builds trust with your team to know what to expect from you. So with when there are different situations, when there are different moments of stress, when there are different emotions at play, you can always show up as yourself. And being able to lean into that version of yourself as a leader and teach your team this is what you can expect from me is the number one way that we can build psychological safety so that these conversations 
conversations can actually matter. We'll talk more about that another time as it is a huge component of what it means to be a leader is to make sure and to build a culture and to make sure that we're creating a space where people can really show up as themselves and bring the best ideas and things like that. Um, But this For this purpose, I just want to say that if you are showing up and having a difficult conversation with someone that they may not be expecting, or if this is one of the first times you've had to do it, and you're showing up in a way that they haven't seen before, or even they might be really caught off guard, and there might be walls that go up, and there might be trust that happens, my advice is to make sure that you're starting the conversation with just a simple, hey, listen, this might be kind of harsh or this might come off very direct. And I want to make sure that we can get to a solution together. So this might be a difficult chat to have, um, but I'd like for us to make sure that we're getting to a solution that works for us both. I realize that we haven't had to have these types of conversations before. So I've taken some notes, I've done some research, and I've planned what I want to talk about and what answers I want to hear from you, and I want to make sure and give you a space to speak as well. So even though this may feel a little out of character for us, or we haven't had this talk before, which happens all the time with our first employees, you still want to make sure that you're setting a foundation walking into this initiation of a conversation and saying, hey, listen, this is different than what we've done before. I am still me. I am still someone that you can trust as a leader. And I'm stepping in to this role because I want to make sure that we can find a solution together. Now, in a perfect world, they're going to be like, wow, thank you so much for telling me that. I've been so nervous. Um, I'm open. Let's chat about it. Let's get it out there. Does that always happen? No. But you want to always make sure that you're coming back to I am here to get the most favorable solution. And going back to that question of what is the solution that is most in line with my values and my ethics? So this can be this will come a little bit more clear as we talk through um, and give some examples. But Many times when people are thinking about having difficult conversations, especially if you're listening to an HR person talk about this, then you're probably thinking, okay, cool, what kind of documentation do I need to have and blah, 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 blah. And I will tell you that it is really important to have that documentation, but documentation should serve a purpose other than just sitting in an employee file. It should help you. It should guide you. It should help you to get to that solution, and it should be fully driven by having multiple purposes, meaning that it's going to help you to get the solution that you want in the difficult conversation. Um, And it's also going to be able to function as legal or ethical or HR documentation in the employee file. So the reason for us making sure that we're setting aside some time and planning is always going to be something that happens as long as time permits. So my second biggest tip, besides just showing up and making sure that you're setting the stage for trust and making sure that you're saying, hey, this is different than what we've done before, um, and acknowledging that you are always consistently showing up as the same leader that they can expect, is making sure that every time you're showing up for a difficult conversation, you're doing it as soon as possible after there is an example or a situation in which the friction has begun. So if an employee, for example, is misses a meeting, We don't want to encourage you to take one of our forms and sit down and write down every single thing they've ever done and take three weeks to prepare and then bring it up three weeks later and say, hey, I want to have a talk with you. You know, I know this is a little out of character, but 
um, three weeks ago, you missed a meeting. <laughs> like, we don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're always prioritizing the amount of time between an incident that happens and a way that you can address it. And the reason for that is pretty psychological. Um, we want to make sure that people are always being able to relate an incident that needs help or an incident that needs coaching or a disciplinary issue with the conversation that fixes it, um, it can get really muddled and emotional the more time there is in between. So we do suggest using our recommended documents to make sure that you can sit down and have this conversation as soon as possible. As you become a better manager, you can have these conversations off the cuff, which is the most impactful form of management and leadership. And it really minimizes and mitigates the fallout from when there are issues with your team members. So just keep in mind, it might take you a little bit more time to sit down and write things out, get your thoughts on paper the first couple of times you have these conversations. But the goal isn't to make it harder for you to be a manager. It's actually to help you to understand especially after you have a few of these conversations, that you can do this on the fly. If something happens with an employee in person, on a call, if you you know see something that needs to be addressed, then you can have those conversations clearly and directly to the point where you almost feel like if you're sitting down and having to prepare for a difficult conversation, those should become fewer and far, more far between. Um, I know for me as a manager, I believe that the biggest enemy of team culture is time between an issue and the solving of an issue. Even if the solving is friction and difficult and hard and, you know, you have to really step into that leadership mode. Because what happens in that time, that friction is still there if there was a mistake. Most of the time, our team members know when there's an issue. And as that friction builds, so does emotion and so does our human nature to create a wall, which means it's harder and harder to break down. So that's my second piece of advice when it comes to having difficult conversations is just to make sure that you're doing it as quickly as possible following an incident that requires the conversation to happen. If there isn't an incident and it's something that's just building up over and over and over time, then just make sure that you're really utilizing that form that we have here to outline each of the steps that you want to make sure that you're getting the result from and make sure that you aren't just nitpicking little things that they're doing day to day, but going back to our initial question and making sure that you're really focusing on the things that are going to have the most impact on the values and ethics of the conversation and that the results are most in line with your values and ethics. So we'll have plenty of examples of this in the coming weeks um, in talking to our various business owners that we've worked with and my um, really awesome community and friends and hopefully even get my employees to come on here and talk through some of these things as well. Um, But the main issue with ensuring that you have these conversations more quickly is because there is an impact on your company culture, especially if you have a team of 50 people or fewer um, between a major issue or an issue that requires some type of communication or some type of leadership or some type of, you know, smoothing out or, you know, whatever the case may be. And when you're actually sitting down and solving the problem. So when you are setting those goals for those conversations, it's really important that you and this is what differentiates HR from the way that people talk about it to what it actually is and leadership from 
HR. And that is that when people think of HR and they think of management, they think that they're just getting trapped into having to have stuff documented about them so that we can get rid of them. And that's not the case at all. And if you are an HR person that is noticing that you're falling into this situation a lot, um, especially if you are not a manager, but you are in charge of HR, then oftentimes HR kind of gets the brunt of whatever the manager did or didn't do. So when we're running small businesses, you often have to show up as a leader and manager all the time. And you do have to make sure that the HR side is getting done as well. Every difficult conversation does need to be documented. So when, especially when it comes to a team member or an employee or something like that. So keeping in mind that if we're always setting up a standard that these conversations are going to have a purpose that's tying back to something bigger, then we're not having conversations that are setting people up to get fired. I think that's like, honestly, one of the most cowardly and tacky and worse things that you can do as a leader and even as a representative in HR is to have people feel like they're being set up all the time. We actually want each of these conversations to feel really good when they're done. So the way that we're going to do that is just by using these four quick tips. Um, we will also list these out through our blog. Um, so it's just the hyphen paradigm.com slash difficult hyphen conversations. And you can read them all there. Um, but I just wanted to kind of leave you with the thought that there is a framework in which you can have these conversations on the fly or as you're documenting them. And then you'll have two different ways in which you can make sure that those things are documented for your business. So first, let's start out with the four things that you need to make sure that you're doing when you're having difficult conversations. They may seem really clear and straightforward, but if you jot them down and you just think, okay, you could just grab a post-it and be like, let me just make sure I'm getting all of these done in the next few minutes so that you can have these conversations quickly and clearly. Number one, establish a clear objective. So choose one, maybe two clear objectives for the conversation. Instead of just saying, hey, these are all the things that you've done wrong, um, think, what do I want to gain from this conversation? Take the simplest route from A to B so that your employee is also very clear when they leave the conversation on what the objective of that was. Now, we don't know necessarily because we want to give people a voice often what their goals are going to be through the conversation as well. So don't get so stuck on the fact that this was the objective and I don't care what you think. <laughs> That's not really it. Um, we just always want to make sure that on our side, what we can control is going to leave them with something that's very, very clear. So then it makes it a little bit easier when we're boiling down their perspective and drawing us back to the goal of the conversation in the first place. Number two, always eliminate emotions when you're having these conversations, except for compassions. A lot of business books will tell you, leave your feelings at the door and... This is not something that you need to get emotional about and blah, 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 blah. But the person on the other side of this conversation is going to have emotions. And actually, that is a beautiful thing in business when we can have our team members have feelings and have emotions and passion and give a shit about their job. So we want to make sure that we're creating space for them to have those feelings and they are valid and we can be compassionate to those feelings, but we are not in the space to justify them. So if we're able to have our objective be aligned with creating a little bit of space to be compassionate and making sure that we're not focused on the emotions in the call or in the conversation, um, then we're going to be able to walk out of that with both sides of the conversation feeling better. 
Number three, use concrete examples. So may or may not have learned this in therapy, but using words like always and never or generalizations are not going to be helpful and it's going to feel like an attack on whoever you're having the conversation with. You always do this, this, and this. We don't like that. But if instead we say three times in the last two weeks, you've started our meetings late and it is required, it, the, the issue that came from that is that it is causing us to look really unprofessional to our clients. Instead of, you're always late for meetings, what the heck is going on? Like that's obviously like, I mean, I'm literally mad at myself for even just saying that because it evokes a sense of, I don't do anything right ever. And we don't want people to feel that way. Even if we, if our goal for this conversation is to figure out if they're a good fit for the role, which is a possibility, uh, we never want somebody to feel like they can't actually show up and and understand what they've been doing wrong and make appropriate changes. So by using concrete examples, we're able to put ourselves into a path that is going to allow for less emotion and less argument. Um, And just remember that different words have different weights to different people. So (laughs) if you are using the word disrespect or, you know, words like that that aren't necessarily going to imply the same thing to different people, then you could be approaching a very emotional um, part of the conversation. So go back to step two. Make sure you're eliminating emotionally loaded words. And number four is establish clear action items. So when we're having difficult conversations that are disciplinary, then we're going to actually bend towards a direction of helping them understand the impact of their transgression. But if we're having difficult conversations that don't feel so clear and concise and straightforward, then we do want to make sure that we're establishing clear action items that come with whatever this conversation may be. Um, Oftentimes, it's going to be really helpful for your team member to walk away with one or two action steps that they can mull over and think about and make sure that they're driving in the direction of making sure that those behaviors are changing. Um, So once again, those four items are establish a clear objective, eliminate emotions except for compassion, use concrete examples, and establish clear action items. So you can go ahead and visit our blog and read through all of those. Um, There's also a couple of things that I want to touch on in regards to making sure that you are showing up fully as a leader, but also documenting things clearly. And those are going to be are two documents in our Set to Scale shop, which are our conversation log prep form and our conversation log template. So those are going to be super awesome and helpful in order to make sure that you can actually start to get really good at having these conversations. And our goal is that eventually you don't have to use these anymore. Um, So make sure you swing by the shop and grab those um, or make sure that you're thinking about you know, if you're if you're having a difficult conversation soon, um, visit our blog, grab that form, give yourself 10, 20, 30 minutes to jot down a plan. And then over time, you're not going to have to do that anymore. You're going to be able to have these conversations on the fly and approach people in a way that is going to get a lot of results and actually be really helpful to making sure that they're progressing within your company and getting better and better over time. So thanks so much for listening today. I hope this was a great introduction to this topic. Over the next few weeks, we have amazing guests that are coming in and talking about their own experiences through having tough conversations with their team members and 
also when people have had tough conversations with them and how things have been have worked well or they haven't worked at all. Um, and just make sure that you guys are showing up as yourselves every single day. And as you're learning all of these tips and tricks, don't forget to share on the up and up because there are so many managers out there. I'm sure you're thinking, oh, my God, I need to send this to my friend. She's complaining about this, you know, employee that she has making her life a living hell, et cetera, et cetera. Send them to our podcast and make sure that you say hi on Instagram. I'd love to know what you took from this episode. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up. Up.